time for the SBL shoot around, and we got the women's competition covered with Giants all-time great and two-time coach of the year, Randy McGill, joining Chris Pike for all the latest news, analysis, and interviews. Let's go on another SBL shoot around. Welcome to episode 14 now of Women's SBL Shootaround and another jam-packed show. We're excited to bring it to you. Thank you for tuning in for another week. And not only do we have some exciting guests for you this week, but the action in the West Coast Classic that we're watching and we are now getting to talk about is really exciting. We're only three weeks away now from the finals weekend and we're seeing some terrific matchups. The Flames and the Wolves, the Redbacks and the Suns were were just two of the, the great matchups that we saw in the round six action on the weekend. And we're seeing some outstanding individual performances. And we're seeing a lot of people put up their hands to, to win the Wandering Distillery Play of the Week Award. We'll run through that shortly. And we've got a lot of exciting candidates. And what our Bassett Scarf Realty Player of the Year Award is really heating up. So we'll give our votes for that from this weekend in the West Coast Classic. So plenty for us to look forward to, plus the two special guests that I've mentioned. One is a current WNBL player with the Perth Lynx, looking forward to her first season on the full roster, also playing in the West Coast Classic right now. And another player who we both feel should be playing in the WNBL. She deserves an opportunity, but she's also starring with her club where she's won a championship in the West Coast Classic and the SBL as well. So that's a lot to look forward to. I'm Chris Pike, your co-host, but the man that you've all tuned in to listen to and hear his expertise, the two-time SBL Coach of the Year, the Goldfields Giants legend, the proud Adelaide Crow supporter who's getting to celebrate his team's first AFL win of 2020, Randy Meagle. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks, Chris. What an exciting weekend of place. You know, and it's really you know, a couple of those results of tightened up the whole competition and uh, just looking forward to the games upcoming this weekend. There's some huge games which are going to determine the final four. Yeah, look forward to analysing those games and also, you know, having a debate with yourself about who's going to win this award because there were some monster games uh, this week for the Wandering Distillery Player of the Week. Absolutely. We've got some candidates really putting their hands up. But, but you mentioned that there some thrilling results as well. We saw the Joondalup Wolves have a big win, an important win Friday night at home to Perry Lakes, but then they dropped their first game of the season against the Rockingham Flames, and all of a sudden that really makes things tight. So you've got the top three, te- three teams, the Wolves, the Flames, the Senators, they've all only lost one game each, so that's really tight. But then you've still got Kalamunda and Lakeside who have only lost two games, and you've got the Redbacks and the Hawks that have only lost three games. Any of those seven teams can still make the finals, and when we've got three weeks to go, every game now involving any of those teams is, is almost must win. Yeah, and two of the girls that are going to have a big say in that are our guests. To, uh, for tonight in um, Calamunda's Jesse Edwards and Ash Eisenberger from the Lakeside Lightning. Yeah, absolutely. Two key players on their team. Two players that are featuring pretty highly up on our leaderboard as well for the Player of the Year, thanks to Bassett Scarf Realty. Just touching on both of those girls quickly, and we'll talk to them later on in the show, Randy. You coached against both of them. We'll start with Ash Eisenberger. She was Ash Grant, obviously, when you coached against her. She helped Lakeside win that championship against you. Um... How tough was she to match up on just because she was so versatile? She could almost play 
play as a guard because she had the skills to do so, but she's big enough to play as a big as well. Yeah, and she moves really well, and she's obviously got a very good outside shot, and she slashes to the basket well. Mm. And defensively, she's really tough as well. So, mm. And she just runs the floor, you know. She's uh, she's sort of a like poetry in motion, you know what I mean? She moves <laughs> yep. really, really well. And Jessie, you know, that was a couple of years ago now, but um, just an imposing figure, you know, and a great target yep. for, for the Suns guards to use in their offense and defensively, you know, uh, she's all-time six, I think, at the University of Minnesota Absolutely. in blocks. Yeah. Um, so she protects the rim, rim really well. So, yeah, both quality players. And I imagine Tanya Fisher, who we had on the show a few weeks ago, would love watching Jesse Edwards play. She's a she's a player that loves to work in the blocks. She's got great post moves. And her inside game is probably the best of all the bigs in the in the competition that we've got. Yeah, well, sort of, she reminds me a little bit of Megan Mackay, you yep. know, in, in, in a sense. It's both, both sort of same body shapes, I think, and mm. play very similar. It's a pity yep. they didn't get the opportunity to match up and play against yep. each other. Yeah, absolutely. But some of the matchups we're seeing right now, including Friday night when I saw Maddie Allen go up against Jessie Edwards in a, in a thrilling game between the Redbacks and the Suns was, was fantastic. So we're seeing some great action in the West Coast Classic and, yeah, really looking forward to speaking to, to those two girls later on in the show. But going back to last week, Randy, we're building some nice momentum and we must be doing something right because our listener numbers here on SBR Shootaround are, are going through the roof and last week's show, let's give a lot of the credit to Jodie Sante from the Coburn Cougars. She was nervous about joining us but she did a fantastic job and obviously she got all of her all of her fans to tune in and listen because it was our most popular show we've done so far and, and you know, Keegan Crawford and Jodie Sante are a big reason for that and, you know, it's it's a little bit humbling to know that so many people are, are listening to, to us to have a, have a talk, Randy. Yeah, no, it's really good. I love talking to Jodie. She's sort of down-to-earth girl with a bit of humour and, mm. you know, Keegan's uh, story is, is is really good as well and mm. actually spoke to Keegan um, by text Sunday morning and uh, just talking about the game on the Saturday yep. night. So, yeah, really good that people are listening to, to our stories. Absolutely. Now, let's take a look now at what we saw in Round 6 in the West Coast Classic, Grandy, and it's time to debate our wandering distillery play of the week because this one will be tough and not only is it tough to now decide who gets our play of the week award but those votes are now becoming all all the more important as we as we chase a winner for the the play of the year award too because that that leaderboard is very tight as well and we've only got three players that can get a vote every week so it's getting tight so let me run through the list that i've got randy and you can give me your your thoughts and then we can come up with what we what we think we're starting for the was really strong for Willardson in, in their win. She had 15.6 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. Jess Jenkins in the game that we talked about already for the Redbacks against the Suns. She, she hit the game-winning shot as it turned out, but also had 21 points, 12 rebounds, 3 steals. In that same game, but on the opposition team, Jesse Edwards, 29 points, 9 rebounds, and then backed up the next night for the Suns with 18 points, 12 rebounds, and 5 assists. Her teammate, Jewel Williams, two massive games, 28 points on the Friday night. Couldn't quite get the game winner to fall at the end, but she still hit 4 of 8 from 3-point range, and then she backed up Saturday night. Huge game, 27 points, 9 steals, 8 assists, 5 rebounds. Another of our favourites here at SBL Shooter 
round. Rachel Helene in a in a big loss for Amanda against the Senators. She did all she could with 18 points, 11 rebounds, and eight assists against her. Stacey Barr. She had a period there where she knocked down five three-pointers in almost as many minutes, but on the way to 25 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, and three steals. And then lastly, for Saturday night, bit of an upset win, I still think, for the Flames over the Wolves, given the Wolves hadn't lost a game yet. Hataya Burrows in three quarters of basketball because she she got hurt in the fourth quarter and set out the rest of the game. 21 points, five rebounds, four assists, and three steals. And her teammate, Christina Bogue, massive game, 16 points, 15 rebounds, four assists, two blocks, while doing that up against Kayla Steindelin and Amber Land. There's a, a lot of a lot of people putting their hand up there, Randy. Yeah, <coughs> fantastic. I just point out a couple other girls that caught my eye too. I think uh, Calamunda game against the Slammers, there were some individual mm. performances off the charts there. Bay Jarris, um, 20 points, 15 rebounds, and Elisa Noel had 26 points, 8 of 14 mm. from the three-point line. We spoke about Paris Duffield last week, 7 of 17. Well, I think uh, Elisa's now got the record for the West Coast Classic. Yeah, I think 8 of 14 trumps that for sure. Yeah, and uh, I think Erin Fisher, she battled really hard against the Bigs for yep. the Hawks. You know, she had 14 rebounds, and that Burton also had a good game in that. So yeah, there's um, individuals everywhere through the through the weekend. <laughs> yeah, and just some of the names. I mean, that we've got we've got players there that have played WNBL, should be playing WNBL, will be playing WNBL this upcoming season. I mean, the quality that we're seeing in the West Coast Classic is pretty exciting. To try to narrow this down to three to start with, and then we'll work out an order. It's not going to be easy, Randy. I'll I'll start with my top three, and then you can let me know what you think. I think Jess Jenkins, just because of her performance on Friday night for the Redbacks and the fact that they won a game that kept their season alive, was important. I couldn't split Jesse Edwards and Jewel Williams from their games on Friday night, but just because Jesse wasn't needed to do as much on Saturday and Jewel Williams put up massive numbers across four categories against the Slammers, I think I'll go Jewel Williams as my second. And it's a similar similar issue with Burrows and, and Bogue at the Flames. I think both of them put in performances that deserve to be there, but maybe just because she played the last quarter and also she had to battle against some really quality big opponents, I'll go Christina Bogue. So that's the three I'll, I'll put up, Randy. Yeah. Yeah, just um, make mention too that they the can only win the Wandering Destroy Player of the Week once. Yes, you can't, so. you can't, you can't just rack up these vouchers that we're giving out. <laughs> so that makes it um, I think tough. Uh, in my eyes, I think you know, definitely just Jessica. That and uh, we'll she's a big name winner. Well, I'm going for Joe Williams as well. I think uh, she's done it a uh, number of weeks now mm-hmm. in a row as well, which is will reward consistency as yep. well. You know, the nine steals and eight assists against the Slammers is fantastic and pretty much the same with Christina Bogue there, you know, mm-hmm. to battle against Steinl and, and Amber Land yeah. for, for that long and, and have a 16 points, 15 rebound game and beat the Wolves of put her in. And her two baskets at the end of the game, she had, she, she missed both free throws, but she got to the line to have an and one play and they were the two plays that steadied the Flames enough to, to stop the run that the Wolves were having. So not only did she score, but sometimes it's when you score that's more important too. Yep, yep, absolutely. All right, well... That's our top three. <laughs> there we go. Um, well, just before we do work out the order, I think very unlucky, Sarah Donovan, she had two great games for the Hawks. Jesse Edwards, our guest on this week's show, very unlucky. And I think even even Taya Burrow is very 
un- very unlucky too. So and Stacey Barr and Stacey Barr, <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, it, it's tough. We've only got three slots though for, for votes in our Play of the Year award. Um, Jess Jacobs has won it already, so she that automatically rules her out. Randy, I'm tempted to go for Jewel Williams for our Play of the Week. What do you think? Um, I'm going to go for Christina Bow. Okay. Yeah, I just for just that game to give the Wolves their first yep. loss, and that's the only reason. I mean, obviously Jules done it in two games, and so that's what we got to decide. Well, so. I think given you're a two-time coach of the year, you're a all-time great at the Goldfields Giants, captain of their 20-year anniversary team, and I have done nothing. And maybe <laughs> maybe you have to hold sway. So, so I think I think I'll give I'll give the the, the final say to you for this week, Randy. All right. Well, the wandering story player of the week this week is Christina Bogue from the Rockingham Fan. Just basically game point and wouldn't be possible without Wandering Distillery, Randy, and it's great to have their support. Yeah, so their motto is you don't have to be big to be good, um, but what they do is produce very seriously good gins and vodkas. So get down to Wandering Distilleries and uh, have a tasting. Absolutely. Check them out. Thanks to them for their support. When we come back, we'll have a full rundown of some of the other results and action that we saw in round six of the West Coast Classic. Okay, back on SBR Shootaround, and let's now take a look in a bit more detail, Randy, at the results that we saw in round six of the West Coast Classic as things are really now heading up, as we talked about, for the race to play in that finals weekend. And first up at HBF Arena, we always thought this would be a cracking contest. It turned out to be that way, and and really it was the battle of the bigs, and and it was a terrific matchup. Amber Land, Kayla Steiner from the Wolves up against Sarah Donovan, Maddie Dennis, and... And, of course, Nat Burden from the Perry Lakes Hawks. But it was the Wolves on their home floor that got the job done in an important win as well for their finals hopes, 67-55. to 55. Yeah, really tight game there. Hawks led by one going into the last quarter and the Wolves, you know, with their depth, uh, ran over the top of them uh, with a 21-8 last quarter. Um, Wolves done a really good job on that Burden. Just kept her to the eight points and seven rebounds. Um and the Hawks maybe had too many turnovers for the game. They had 24 there. Yeah. Um, Steindl and Land continue their form. Um, Matty Dennis had a good game for the um, for the Hawks with 11 points and 10 rebounds. And Sarah Donovan, who we've mentioned in the Player of the Week conversation, had a good good game as well with 16 points. Yeah, I think clearly the the Wolves bigs got the better of their their matchup, so that's why they ended up winning winning the game. Probably not a lot to say about this one, Randy, down at Eden Recreation Centre. Wilderton Tigers, 81. Southwest Slammers, 28. Yeah, the Slammers are only 12 down at half-time, you know, mm. so they would have went into the locker room and spoke about it. And, yeah. you know, if they can keep it at that, um, you know, around 10 or 12 points, you're always going to be in the game. But they just got blown out in the second half, 51 points to 10 points. So mm. that was the story of the game and the rebound count, um, you know, 62 to 31. Yeah. And they also took 42 less shots for the game. Yeah. Like yep. It's not just that they're not hitting shots, they're just not getting enough shots. No, exactly. So, you know, no real standout games by the Slammers, but, you know, the coaching staff's got to continue to pour the good, solid minutes into their entire playing squad, yep. you know, and get something out of it. But uh, Emma Gandini was good with 15 points and six rebounds. Harley Winter, 10 points, and Sophie Main pulled in 13 rebounds. Hmm. Now, at Belmont Oasis, this was a really good game. I was at this game... 
there was nothing between the two teams all night. It went down to the wire in the end, and you know, almost a trademark Jess Jakins offensive rebound and putback that put the put the Redbacks in front of the finish. Um, the Suns they they still were given a life. Um, Danielle Lips, Lipscomb missed a couple of free throws, so then Jewel Williams had a chance to win the game for the Suns at the buzzer. She but the Red, I thought the Redbacks defended it really well, so she had to take a contested three over two hands, two meters out from beyond the three point line so if she made that fall then I guess you just have to accept that if you're yeah. if you're the Redbacks but what the Redbacks probably didn't like was that they got the offensive rebound and and Jewel had a second crack at it but this one was from either further out and was just a just a prayer that she threw up so that was that was the game in the end an important win to Redbacks 74-72 it keeps the Redbacks in the in the finals finals race with two games to go and and it makes things very interesting for, for both these teams. Yeah, good individual performances. One thing I noticed was the um, Redbacks bench. The amount of points they got off their bench was 25 points, mm-hmm. which is really important in these tight games. And we've already spoken about the individual games there of uh, you know Williams and Edwards and mm-hmm. Jenkins. Absolutely. Saturday night, um, Warwick Senators and the Mandarin Magic. Um, Two of the veterans of the league had big games, Stacey Barr and Rachel Helene, as we talked about before, but the Senators just too much too much depth. 86 beat the Magic 54. Yeah, the um, Senators got on top of Mandarin in the second quarter, you know, with a 26-13 quarter, which, you know, opened that break up and, you know, they, the Magic just uh, didn't have any answers for Stacey Barr there mm. with 25 points and 10 rebounds. Um, and Mackenzie Clinch-Hoycard had another solid game. She looks like she's starting to uh, find her feet. Uh, Jada Clark, 14 points. And a super, superb game by Rachel Lean with 18 points, 11 rebounds and 8 assists. Yeah. How much was Casey Meagle missed? Oh, I think they missed a few girls there on uh, on the weekend. You know, they needed some people there to battle <laughs> battle away. So. Yeah, Kelly Bailey was another one. Yeah, yeah, Kelly was away as well. Yes. Prairie Lakes Hawks backed up a loss on Friday night with a a, a good effort from the East Perth Eagles. To, to be fair, to make them earn this, but the Hawks seventy nine beat the Eagles sixty. Yeah, Oh, I couldn't read my own writing. I said, oh, they shared the ball around a number of players high and assist, and then it looked like I wrote a girl's name down, but it's not. <laughs> so I'll keep going. Yep. Um, Eagles done a great job on the boards, sharing the honours, uh, just let themselves down with too many turnovers, which was 28 for the game. Mm. Uh, for the Hawks, um, Nat Burton, 20.7 rebounds. Sarah Donovan, another good good uh, game, which capped off a good weekend for her. And um, I mentioned earlier about Erin uh, Fisher having a solid game against the Tolls, mm. pulling down 14 rebounds. Now, another game I was at on the weekend, Rockingham Flames and the Joondalup Wolves at, at Rockingham. Um, this was a this is probably the highest t- intensity game that I've seen so far this this season and and I guess when there was one loss between them coming into the game that probably explains explains why it was a fantastic game the Flames blew it out in the third quarter that they went on a 19 to zero run and that blew the game wide open they're up by I think 21 at one point but the Wolves were always going to come back and Taya Burrows 
got hurt early in the fourth quarter, didn't come back on, and yeah, she took a really big knock. And she did come back and sit on the bench, but she looked really sick and sorry for for herself. So I hope she I hope she's okay. And it looked like it was a bit of, you know a pretty nasty head knock, but I hope I hope you know a sleep or two and, and she's she's okay now afterwards. But in the end, the, the Wolves were coming and coming. They got, I think, within five points. But as we talked about before when we did our Wandering Distillery Player of the Week award, Christina Bogue made the made the big buckets down the end to make sure the Flames held on and got the win, 83-75. to 75, And a really important one now because finishing top two means you get a home final in one of those semifinals to determine the grand final. So you want to finish top two. And that means that the race now between these two teams for a top two spot is, is well and truly... And well and truly up for grabs. Yeah, great way to bounce back after losing last week for the Flames. You know, breathe some uh, fresh air into the competition. Um, You know, the Flames shooting percentage from three points outstanding, you know, 43%. Both Duffield and Burroughs continue to get the job done, combining Mm. for 39 points. Um, For the Wolves, you know, they dominated the points in the paint. They had, you know, Great con- contribution off the bench from Chelsea Belcher, who's a, an excitement machine when she gets going. Yeah. You know, she can really pour the points, and she had 20 points in 20, uh, 20 minutes. Mm. And another solid game by Carla Seindl, uh with 16 points and nine rebounds. I think Coach Nicks would have been a bit disappointed in their, you know, free throw percentage. They only had 55%. Mm. If they would have connected on some of them, they would have, you know, maintained that score scoreboard pressure. Mm. One thing I wanted to mention, first time I've been to a game down in Rockingham this season and the work they've done on the building down there is is fantastic. We, we've all seen the grandstand that's on the, I guess, the far side of the court, which, yeah, we, which provides plenty of seating. Gives you a bit of neck pain there. You've got to go to the chiropractor after a well, Flames game. Yeah, because you have to turn around for the scoreboard. <laughs> but that, that problem is now solved. So they've got a big scoreboard on either side of the court. Oh, awesome. And now on the other side of the court, the... I guess the, where the team benches are, where there was just a whole lot of empty space previously, all of a sudden now it's got the exact an exact replica of the grandstand from the other side. So I would think that means that that gives them the the most seating. I think of probably probably any venue in in the competition. It's a great venue to now visit because you know you can get a seat. You know you can see the scoreboard from wherever you are in the building. <laughs> um, they've still got the standing room with the bars at each end of the floor, and they've also put some. Put some expense into some fireworks behind behind the, each basket, Randy. And every time a three-pointer falls for the flames, the fireworks go off. There's three three big sparks to go off, and just create a bit of excitement. I'm sure the kids love it, but I just want to give credit to the work they're doing. Can you never stop fireworks from spreading their footy team? About the game, just experiencing pulling on them. I think they're also very late. Yeah, getting the lead in the flames. I think it's really really exciting. You know, they're going to say that no doubt we touched on it. A thousand people, I think, at capacity. I think so, absolutely. And now everyone can sit down too. You don't have to stand up. Last game of the round, Randy. Probably not a lot more to say about this. We've talked about it a lot. There's a lot of big performances for the Calamundra Eastern Suns as they got the win 109 to the Southwest Slammers 40. Yeah, the rebound count here was 73 to 37. So, mm. you know, they had a lot of opportunities, second shots, uh, the Suns. And yeah, you can't say too much about it. I mean, the individual performances are great. You know, um, it's just uh, unfortunate the Slammers, you know, couldn't put in a more solid effort over the yeah. weekend. But it's not through not trying. It's just yeah. uh, the way it is. 
you know, both Shannon Vergoon, um, if that's how you pronounce her name. It, so, it is now. Yep, yeah, so, sorry if I got that wrong. And, you know, Ebony Billich battled hard with 11 and 10, 10 points. <laughs> touching, on, touching on Ebony again, um, she played a, a, a Waffle women's game down in Mandurah on Saturday afternoon, and then she travels up all the way to Kalamunda to play for, it would have been, what, a 6 o'clock, 6.30 start for a game... Full of slammers on Saturday night against Kalamunda. That's a that's a monstrous effort. After playing on Friday night as well. I wouldn't would have liked to seen her get out of the car after the trip from Andrew <laughs> to Kalamunda. She would have uh, been a little bit stiff and sore. Absolutely. Sore, but yeah, full credit to her for being willing to commit to to both programs because the slammers need her right now, and I assume her Peel Thunder team probably needs her as well because they they've qualified for the finals in in their competition too. So so well done to to Ebony for what she's putting in. Yeah, great work, Ebony. Now, Randy. Three weeks to go. Let's have a look at the standings. Remember, the top four teams make the finals and we'll have the, the semifinals with the top two teams hosting hosting a semifinal in, to start that weekend at the end of September playing off for a grand final spot. So top two positions give you a home final and a top four spot gives you a finals finals chance. So right now we've got the Junilite Wolves 6-1, Rockingham Flames 6-1, the Warwick Senators 5-1, the Calamander Eastern Suns 5-2, and I'll just I'll just read out the teams in contention for now. The Perth Redbacks six and three, the Lakeside Lightning four and two, the Perry Lakes Hawks six and three. I think they're the only seven teams that are probably in the running, Randy. Do you see the top four changing? Yep, I do. I can see it changing. Is it head to head, or is it? Good uh, question. I don't know the answer. No, we'll have to find that mm. out too, because that's going to be really important. You, well, it, we're definitely going to get teams finishing on the same records, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. And, and almost the three-way tie as well. Yep. So, um, I think uh, the clubs are probably asking the question too now, because yep. you know, like you said before, as much as we're just going out to play the West Coast Classic, it's heating up now. And, oh, uh, if, if, if you're one of the teams in the finals race, you're now taking it very seriously. Yeah, no, and if it is percentage. You know, we might start seeing a few more lopsided games yeah. as well. So, um, all the way down to the Hawks, I think. I think the Tigers, Magic, Cougars, Eagles, Eagles and Slammers obviously yeah. aren't there. But uh, I, I can see it changing um, even after this next week. The the double header that uh, Calamunda have got is, is quite important. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, then, some of the teams have. I mean, the Senators, for example, have only played six games. So just after they're only just over halfway, so six out of eleven right now. So a lot can change when you. They can still finish ten and one, or they can finish, you know, five and six or six and five. So exactly. But then you got a ten, and then you've got a team like the Redbacks that have got two games to go, and the Parallax Hawks they've only got two games to go. So yep. It's going to be a fascinating final three weeks. Is the final um, at Bendat? Yes, it is. The grand final will be on the Sunday, so both the women's and men's grand finals on the Sunday at Bendat. Yep. And then the semi-finals to determine that will be either Friday or Saturday at right. the at the home venue of the the teams that finish on t- finish higher. Yep. Uh, that's that's great. We do we get courtside boxes or anything? I hope so. Doing what we're doing. I hope so. We, no, we, we should. Joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be really exciting. I love the concept. Yep. You know, I really do. I think it's it's a great way to do it. Absolutely. So there we go. That's round six in the West Coast Classic done. Now I've got two very special guests to bring you this week on SBR Shoot Around. And first up will be from the Calamander Eastern Suns, Jesse Edwards. 
Okay, back here on SBL Shootaround, Randy, and really looking forward to have it, having having this really exciting emerging SBL West Coast Classic WNBL player join us, Jessie Edwards. She's been on the scene for a little while now, and and now she's got a Perth Lynx contract to look forward to. She's putting up some massive numbers for the Kalamata Eastern Sun, so plenty for us to talk about. Jessie, thanks very much for joining us. No problem. Yeah, thanks, Jesse. Thanks for coming on board. We, uh, Chris and I, were looking at uh, you know getting some current players on and just seeing how you're enjoying the the West Coast Classic. And I was just going to ask you how you've enjoyed your matchups this season with some of the elite bigs in the competition, like Burton and uh, Ironmonger, etc. And probably most most notably your Friday night clash with Maddie Allen. How did you find that? Oh, that was great fun to play against Maddie. I was really looking forward to. It to it before the game um it was really i've played against her a little bit before you know just training in that but um it was really it was a really fun matchup i think yeah you both been having outstanding uh, numbers this year and i think it was uh, a matchup that everyone was uh, looking forward to seeing and the game was a, a cliffhanger there with um jewel having a couple of three-point shots there at the end of the game to try and win it yeah, that was that was a really close game stats wise. We had a look at them before we played them and we were really close in all aspects. So we knew it was gonna be a really close game the whole time, which it was and it's just a shame, you know, a few turnovers we made, a few mistakes that cost us the game near the end. Just going back to the matchup with Maddie, I was there at the game. It was a lot of fun, a lot of fun to watch. Have a look at the numbers. You had a massive game, 29 points. Maddie, she's always going to have an impact on the game because of all of all of the things she does. So she almost had a triple double as well. But I assume you started preseason training at the Lynx as well. So what was it? What was it like during the week, building up to the game, and then stepping out there on on Friday night? Well, we haven't actually started team trainings yet because we don't know when the start of the season's actually going to be okay. yet. But I have done, um, you know, a few individual sessions with her and a few um, pick-up kind of games with her as well. Um, so, yeah, leading up to this season, I don't know if played against her a couple of times. Just um, one other question I want to ask you. What, how, how have you found the experience of being with, with the Lynx thus far? Is, uh, have you come together? I know you just mentioned you're not doing too much mm-hmm. um, on-court training, but uh, are you doing much as a, a group off the floor as, um, you know, trying to trying to build your friendships and, and team camaraderie, etc.? Um we haven't done a whole bunch, but we have been doing, you know, like a lot of the times I'll do individuals with other teammates and that, which has been really good to get to know them and that. Like, I see Taya all the time and, um, you know, like as I was saying, I see Darcy and, you know, Katie and heaps of people just, you know, almost every week, every couple of weeks just because I'm training with and against them. So it's good to, um, you know, it's good to get to know my teammates uh, playing style as well as them, you know, individually. Speaking of Darcy, she was there commentating your game on Friday night. Did she did she give you a bit of feedback afterwards? Oh no, I actually didn't catch her afterwards, unfortunately. So after the next time I see her, I'll have to have a um, conversation that about in commentary and that. So I, I didn't actually get to listen to her yet. So. What about your combination with Jill Williams right now? It looks like as a as a as a big and as a as a as a guard, it looks like you're just having a lot of fun playing together right now. You have a look at the numbers you're putting together, you put you you put each other in pick and rolls and you have great chemistry. How much fun are you having playing with Jewel right now? Yeah, it's great to play with Jewel. She's 
a great guard and she just her aggression and intensity is great not only as a teammate but as a big you know she is obviously very quick and um, drives and attacks a lot in offense as well and that helped to open me up too because she commands a lot of attention on the court so it's really good to have um, a point guard like Jewel who can both lead the team and you know control the game then also have such a impact you know stats wise as well absolutely um it was a bit of a tense night on friday night it was a close game the whole way through how much fun was it then on saturday to be able to have a bit more fun you have a look at some of the numbers that the girls put up and you know alicia knowles had a had a career best mm-hmm. night Beige harris had a career best night you had another good game jewel had another massive game it was a lot of fun to play with a little bit less pressure once you knew that you had a, you had a handy lead pretty early on yeah it was good um I mean, all credit to Bunbury, you know, playing with such a young team. They tried really hard um, and they're still developing. But it was good for a lot of our younger developing players too to be able to get some more minutes and to be able to play without necessarily um, worrying so much about making too many mistakes and impacting the game too much so it was really good um like mm. some of the younger girls like beige harris she had a great night i think she had like 18 points and 15 rebounds yeah. like something something huge like that so it was really good to yeah, be able to um let you know the younger girls that might not necessarily get as many minutes usually um you know to get out there and show us what they can do now, I wanted to trace back a little bit. You're still relatively early in your career, but you've done a hell of a lot in your career already. Just having a look at it, you first played for the Suns when you were when you were 15, so that automatically makes it seem like you've been around, I guess, for, for a long time when you're still yeah. pretty young. But even when you were that age, when did you first think about going to college? And then what was the whole experience like when you did get to the University of Minnesota? I actually... You know, I went to college late. I went when I was 20 because I yeah. were, I used to be part of the um, West Coast Waves development program and um, back when it yep. was the Waves. And I didn't really think about going to college. I, I, it just didn't feel like the right option for me at that time. But um, by the time I was 20, I figured that for uh, my basketball development, it'd probably be the best option for me. So, you know, around that kind of time I started, oh, I had under 20s nationals at that point. And so that was a good event for me to be able to be noticed um, by, you know, college coaches and people internationally. So that really helped a lot. So yeah, I decided about them that it will be best for my development to go overseas. Yeah, and then, I mean, some of your numbers that you put up over the three years that you were in Minnesota, you 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 ranked, you know, top ten in a couple of different categories all time mm-hmm. at a at a pretty big school. You know, the University of Minnesota is not a not a small small basketball program. I mean, did you have a did you have a good time over there? How did you find it? Um, overall, it was pretty good. I um, met some great people over there, and I definitely learned a lot and grew a lot as a person while I was over there. I would, yeah, I definitely wouldn't, um, you know, as tough as it was transitioning to um, college over there, it was definitely something that I wouldn't change. Yeah, Jesse, you uh, then found yourself um, in Germany playing in a professional league. Um, mm-hmm. How was the competition there? Did you find that a, a massive step up from, from college? Uh, it was a lot more like a rough style of play so it did take some getting used to but it honestly really did help me with my physicality because you know if you're not going to get called you know when people are fouling you then you just got to go through them so that really helped me out in that sense. (laughs)
I think if I watch you play now compared to before you went to college and before you went to Germany as well, I think it's obvious in your game that you're now much, not that you weren't before, but you're now a much more physical player. You can still finish after you get hit pretty hard. You you look yeah. at the girls that you're getting hit by right now and you're getting hit by some, some, some big bodies every night, but you're, you're able to finish really strongly. You're able to put really strong defensive pressure on. Do you feel like, at least physically, you're a much more, I guess, all-round finished product now that you've come back to, to, to WA this, this time around? Yeah, definitely. I think um, college kind of started that um, increase in physicality and then um, when I went over to Albury and I was coached by Lauren Jackson she really helped me immensely you know Mm. with my finishing and my post play and things like that it was probably you know like that's I would say that's probably one of the highlights of my career is being coached by her because she was my idol growing up so it was really quite the opportunity to play under her. I'm sure a lot of people are glad to hear that you're making a focus to still be a post player as well. We had Tanya Fisher on the show a few weeks back and she was really disappointed that there's just not much post play in the game anymore. I mean, that's something where probably because not many people are doing it, it's something that you can have a real advantage of, you know, with if you, if you continue to focus on that side of your game. Yeah, I do. I do feel the same way that there is in general a little bit more of a like quicker guard focus game going on at the moment. But mm. as you said in that sense I think if a lot of people are kind of leaning in that direction then that leaves a lot of space for if somebody you know is really good at playing the post then you know like if they're good at what they do then they can make an impact Jesse, how did you um, find yourself um, in Adelaide last season how did that come about so um, I was wanting to stay in Australia for a little bit after um, I played in America and then pretty much, you know, I'd finished playing the last half of the SBL season when I got back and then went straight to Germany. So I was wanting to stay in Australia for a little bit. So I was looking at um, opportunities in different WNBL clubs and such. And I felt like out of, you know, the ones that I looked at that Adelaide was the best fit at the time for me. And you would have had a former teammate over there as well as in, in Jenny Rintali. Was she there at the time? Yeah, yeah. Jenny and I um, went over at the same time. We were actually housemates over there. So it was good to have an old teammate there um, with me. Yeah, that would have made things a lot easier for you. Yeah, for sure. Just a question I wanted to ask you. From a great sporting pedigree with your father being a Sandover medalist in 1989, has the waffle ever been an option or the football side of things? You know, I never... Growing up, I never really considered playing football. I honestly played the sports that my friends were playing at the time and so that was like you know when I was younger soccer and then basketball and that because my friends were playing it you know I'd play it at lunchtime or whatever and I'd enjoy it and tell my parents hey I want to go play this sport now I've been through so many when I was younger um but yeah footy was never really an option in my eyes I mean I know it's getting women's footy is getting so much bigger now so who knows if um you know I was born a little bit later I might have got into footy instead of basketball have you got the temptation to give it a go now you're seeing a lot of a lot of players in the in the SBL are actually juggling both and you saw one of your opponents on Saturday night Ebony Bilsey she had just played a hell waffle game down in Mandurah that day for Peel and then she came up came up to play play you guys on Saturday night up at Kalamunda so it's a massive effort from yeah that's pretty impressive playing two games in a day but is it something you've ever you, you are considering I mean I never really played football before I mean 
probably the only thing I did was I played one game in high school against another school and it was pretty fun so I mean I don't I probably don't have a lot of footy skills but I mean I would it would be something I would be you know looking to give a go if the opportunity arose for sure we're definitely not pushing you in that direction by any means. No. <laughs> we're, we're a basketball show, yeah. so we're happy for you to stick with it. <laughs> we still don't know exactly when the WMOB action will be starting, or we don't know if you're going to have to play in a party, or if you're going to be able to play in a normal or what it's going to entail. But how excited are you to be you know, a full roster member now for, now for the Lynx, and especially the front court that you're going to get to play alongside with, with Maddie and Darcy. Pretty exciting. I think you'd be really looking forward to you know, whatever this season holds. Once it gets up and going, you'd be pretty excited. Yeah, I'm so excited. I've worked really hard over the past few years just to improve the weaknesses in my game and to get myself to, you know, the level that I can play against and alongside these girls. So, I mean, you know, I've grown up, you know, Darcy is only just a little bit older than me, so I've grown up, you know, playing against and with her, that kind of thing. So um, it's really exciting to be able to finally achieve my goal because it's been a long-term goal for me to be a full roster player in the WNBL for a while. So it feels really good to be able to achieve that. You mentioned how long you've had to wait. You've been obviously in in development positions at a couple of clubs now. I mean, yeah. did you were you always confident that you would be able to play professionally in Australia, or was there a point you thought if you had to play professionally, you'd have to stick with going overseas in somewhere like Germany? Or I mean, you know, nothing's nothing's. Were, were you always so, confident that yeah. I guess you'd be in this in this position, or did you did you have a couple of doubts along the way? Nothing's really a given. Obviously, but I've always believed that if I work hard enough, then I can achieve it. So um, in that sense, I probably would say I didn't doubt that I could do it. You know, it would obviously be a lot of work and tough to get there. But I'm in the school of thought that if you work hard enough, then you can achieve whatever you want. So in that sense, I figured that I would make it if I kept working hard and improving myself and my weaknesses. Yeah. I don't think too many teams came into the West Coast Classic with the goal of trying to win the thing. It was more about trying to develop players and give give you know players an opportunity and and just build for the future. But all of a sudden now that you've got three weeks to go and you're in fourth position and I guess playing finals is a destiny that's in your own hands. How seriously are you now taking the next three weeks to try to make finals? And all of a sudden, if you get there, you only have to win two games in one weekend and and you've you've won the championship. Yeah, it, the upcoming game is going to be really important for us. Um, you know, especially. Now that Rockingham beat Jindalup last week, you know, they were the only team to do that. And I think yeah. we were the closest team after them. So, I mean, both the Sterling, I mean, Warwick, Warwick game and the Rockingham game are going to be really important for us this weekend to win. I mean, that Rebex game last weekend that we lost by two points, that was impo- an important one too. But we're mm. definitely going to have to try and um, make up for it this weekend. How do you find um, Coach Tom uh, Knowles? He's obviously given you a lot of um, confidence in your game and um, and you've gone back there to play. Um, is that where you played your juniors as well, Jesse, in Kalamunda? Yeah, I played I played half of my juniors at Willerton to start and then I think I moved over to Kalamunda at bottom age 16. So I've um, been playing at Kalamunda for the majority of my career. So, um, yeah, no, Tom's, Tom's good though. He... He trusts me as a player and, you know, backs up my decisions and things that I do on the court. So, yeah, it's good It's good to have him as coach. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, Jesse, you've been very, very generous with your time to join us here on SBR Shoot Around, and and you know I've been watching you for a lot of years play, so it's great to actually get a chance to to talk to you now and 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 get to get to know you a little bit more, and I'm I'm really excited to see what you can do for the rest of the West Coast Classic. Hopefully, you and the Suns make the finals, and I'm even more looking forward to to you being able to show what you can do on the on the WNBL floor this upcoming season as well. So thanks very much for joining us, and and all the best. For sure, thank you for having me. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks for your time. No worries. Okay, back here now on SBL Shoot Around, and really looking forward to our to our next guest. She's somebody who, well, I mean, it's remarkable to think that she's been playing in the SBL when she, since she's since 2012, considering. She's still only pretty much in her, her early 20s, but I've seen most of her career. She's had an outstanding career, and she's got plenty left ahead of her. So really looking forward to, to this chat. Ash Eisenbarger, I'm sure a lot of people still call you Ash Grant, but we'll make sure we get it right. Thanks for joining me. Yeah. Hi. How are you going? Very good, thank you. Um, unfortunately, Randy can't join us because work's called him away, but... A lot of your career is kind of tied in with playing against Randy's Mandurah Magic teams. Before we move on to your career, um, let's talk about talk about that for a second because I still think one of the most memorable semi-final series I've seen was the one that you actually unfortunately lost in that game three, where you lost that game in Mandurah. But then the next year you got a bit of revenge in in the grand final. You have a you have a lot of memories of playing against those Magic teams that were were coached by Randy. Yeah. Yeah. No. Many, many years against Mandra and um, yeah, they. I remember that game very vividly because we went into it knowing it was going to be a tough game and we ended up falling short. But um, yeah, that was just more, more motivation for next season for us. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and Randy's probably happy he's not here because he's probably sick about sick of us <laughs> talking about the losing grand finals. But and uh, I, I guess unfortunately for our show, you, you robbed us of being able to, to promote him as a championship winning coach as well the next year. But gee, that was a, that was a tough grand final. How much did it mean to you to, to not only get a little bit of revenge on Mandra for the year before, but to get over the line and, and to, to win that championship? We've spoken to Craig Mansfield on the show about it already, but it, it just must have meant a hell of a lot to get over the line in, in that game. Oh, it, it really did. Most of the key players on that team had been around through when we sort of lost a few players mm. and we were right at the bottom and we'd been around since um, working all the way up again. And yeah, that that was a crazy game. Oh my goodness. We were down, <laughs> I think it was like down 10 with four minutes to go yep. and it'd been that way for like most of the fourth quarter. And honestly, I got subbed off. At one mm. point, and I kind of sat down and I looked at the girls, and we all just sort of had that look on our face, like, "Oh gosh, I think we're done here." <laughs> yeah, like it was just that horrible feeling. But then Sid, um, Sydney Phipps, and yep. Ali Schragmeyer, they they just got on a roll, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh "My goodness, we're back in it." <laughs> that was yeah, roller coaster of emotions. Well, even if it wasn't a grand final, it was the most remarkable of games. But the fact that in a grand final you could do that, I think it was just good, the last 21 points of the game. It was, yeah. it, was, it was just the most incredible thing to watch. What was it like to be part of? Oh, my goodness. It was it was pretty awesome. It, like I said before, just honestly a roller coaster of emotions. And mm. it went, when that final siren went off and we were on top, it was just like, wow, this is such a great feeling. <laughs> yeah. It was relief, but also just pure excitement and joy that we like pulled through and all that hard work for the last few seasons had finally paid off and we got that reward. So, yeah, it was really good. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. Everyone talks about you play whatever sport it is, you play to, to win and obviously in basketball you play mm-hmm. to win championships. Did winning that 
live up to all your expectations that you you imagined it would be? Oh, definitely, definitely did. Yeah. Now, what what about right now? I mean, uh, I'm watching you play in the West Coast Classic right now, and I mean, it's probably difficult for you to comment on, but you look like you're playing where you're one of those players that's a level above the competition. And I I remember watching your first game of the season against Willerton, and as soon as I got home, I just had to write about how I can't believe you're not signed to a WNBL team right now because <coughs> of how well I'd, I'd seen you play. Do, do you feel right on top of your game right now? Is this as good as you've felt in terms of, of you know, where you are at with your game and with your body and, and everything else? Yeah, uh, thank you. Um, it's Yeah, it's been a really fun season um, so far. It, there was a few, my most previous WNBL seasons, um, they were really rewarding and there was a lot of growth, um, yet they were also really challenging. And I found that, I don't know what it was exactly, I haven't pinpointed it but I just kind of lost my motivation Mm. and just like enjoyment in playing the game um and then obviously took um most previous WNBL season off um and then obviously coronavirus and so (laughs) there's been quite a there's been quite a big break since the last season that I've actually played so I just found having that time off has actually really just ignited that like love for the game. And I think maybe that's translating to on the court because I'm really enjoying my team and my coach and all the other coaches and teams that I played on are being really great too. Um, There's just, yeah, something different about this season, maybe less pressure on myself or I'm not too sure, but I think off the court things are going really well. um, And I think that's just kind of creating a freedom and a real enjoyment on the court. So, yeah. You must, have, you must have felt incredibly fresh by the time it started, given you didn't play the last WNBL season. Your SBL season finished last year. Well, it would have been, what, mid-August when you when you lost in the in the semifinals yeah. um, last year. You must have been feeling incredibly fresh by the time we finally got started with the with the West Coast Classic. Yeah, fresh with a few cobwebs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sort of, yeah, sure. Well, what's basketball? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, well, what, what was it like trying to? What was the period like? Obviously, it was. It's been challenging for everybody in different ways. But you were ready to go for in March. We'd we'd been through the blitz, and the, the season was about to begin. And I'm sure your preparations were going pretty well for it. But then all of a sudden, it was ripped away. And for the next four months or whatever it was, we have nothing. And then you had to get up and get ready to play for a season again and, and try to pull a group together and, and try to get back back like you get like you said, get those cobwebs out. What was that four month period like like for you? Oh, um, yeah, it was. I mean, very unexpected um, mm. for anybody, really. But I think something that I'd been learning about um, was just the best players, or even like people in businesses, aren't necessarily the best at everything they do, but they're the best at adapting to what mm. circumstances happen. Oh. And so. Obviously, Jack and I, newly married, mm-hmm. still figuring out in our first year of marriage. Um, yeah, just really trying to figure out how to adapt to this new way. And okay, yep, this season isn't going how we planned so far, but just trying to work through that. And just, it was challenging at times. It was <laughs> days where you just kind of be a bit of a couch potato, but um, mm. just trying to be consistent in being active and whatever that way that was and just staying like mentally sharp I guess you could say so that whenever that call for the W or the WCC or SBL or Mm. (laughs) at that time we didn't know we were just like ready to get back into it and we're pretty we're pretty ready to play as well um both of us so it was cool that we got to sort of experience that together I guess um and help each other through and keep each other accountable and yeah so that was my (laughs) four months off I guess yeah (laughs) 
Well, I, I wanted to ask you about about Jack. Um, I've, I've spoken to other other players, especially NBL players who have had a bit of an off season, and especially guys that have had young children. This has been a period where. You know, when we were in the lockdown period, for the first time in their lives, really, they were able to have a period at home with their families, and it was almost a blessing in disguise in some ways. For for you and Jack trying to get used to life as a married couple, I mean, I guess it, it fast tracked a, a lot of things. You would have got to got to spend a lot more time together than you, you ever would have otherwise, because you just had nothing else to do but, I guess, to be stuck at home together. Yeah, that's it. The actual adjusting to being at home together all the time was the easy part. I think the harder (laughs) part was because we were so used to that and just having Mm. each other home all the time. Once things did all start again and like pick up again, we're like, hang on a minute. We need to actively like carve out time in our schedules (laughs) to hang out with one another. That was more of an adjustment. So, yeah. (laughs) Now, he's had an interesting period as well. I don't know if he was planning on playing in the West Coast Classic. He's played one game. And he hit the game winner. That's not a bad one game one, one game to play so far. Yeah, yeah. He was originally um, planning to not play. Obviously, most people know about his really serious injury that he had a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah. And he was just pulling up a little bit sore from that. Um, and then I think other things in his body, like his opposite knee, were starting to play up a little bit just from compensating um, after mm. not fully recovering, I think, from his ankle. But in this time... With all the spare time we've had, he's yeah. just been working on every day, doing little pieces of rehab that obviously um, get his body back into 100%. And yeah, I think having that time off, it's also for him been the longest period of time off that he's had for yeah. a, oh, since college yeah. um, or before college, I guess. Um, so yeah, he's just been really working on getting back and I think he was sitting on the sideline watching his SBL team play and um, mm. kind of was like, oh, I really want to be out there <laughs> and kind of chatted to Dave, um, his head coach. And yep. he was like, well, we really want you out there. And it's just kind of been a mutual, okay, we'll slowly ease you back in. So yeah, the last game was two minutes, a quarter limit. Mm. Um, and then it ended up being a little bit of a close one. <laughs> so he went back in and... Um, yeah, he's like, I want to be out there. So yeah. that was that. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a nice way to make make his make his make his impact. Now, thank yeah. you, coaches. I've got some questions that Randy has sent through. The first thing he wanted me to to let you know was that, despite the fact that you've had a bit of a rivalry over the years, you're one of his favourite players. So he wanted to he what he was disappointed <laughs> he was disappointed he didn't get a chance to tell you that himself, but he oh, wanted he wanted you. me to pass that on to you. Now. One thing you wanted to know, what's it like being adjusting now to, to life without Craig Mansfield as your coach and having Steve Bazant come in? What's What differences has there been? What's it been like making that, that adjustment? Yeah, um, well, I yeah, I really loved having Craig as a coach. Um, I was there for all, I think it was four or five years. I don't even yeah. know. <laughs> Six years maybe? I'm not too sure. How long four, he was four, at Lakeside? Four, four. four. Four years. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. It was a long, still a long time, but not as long as <laughs> yeah. I thought. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, I really, I really liked having Craig as a coach and he's just got a really smart, like basketball brain and just the way he sees the game is like mm. really impressive. Um, and so loved the way he coached and yeah, Steve coming in, it's been really awesome. He's another great coach. And then it's been an adjustment as well, just because they're such different people, but also really different coaches. Mm. Um so that's been really fun, and I really love Steve as a coach as well, and um, just yeah, brings a different aspect to the game. And I yeah, both coaches are so different to each other, and mm. I both really like playing for both of them. So it's awesome that I've been blessed to have two great coaches in a row at Lakeside. So 
Does yeah. he want you to play in a different way too? Have you changed the style of play as a team? Has it has that taken some some adjusting to? Um, yes and no. Um, Lakeside, we have a philosophy um, through all of our wobble teams as well um, that we want to play hard, fast, and together. And even though Craig didn't necessarily use that. I guess, slogan or <laughs> um, motto as such. That was definitely his style of play. And we've implemented some different plays and different structures to accommodate for different players that we've got on our team. Um, so, yeah, it's been a bit of an adjustment, but I think that just comes naturally with a change of coach and a change of players. And, yeah. Another thing that that was another thing that Randy wanted me to touch on as well was that you talked about the wobble programs and everything. Is that something that you you are heavily involved in? Are you sort of involved with helping out, coaching and working with a lot of the, the juniors there at, at Lakeside? Are you, are you one of those people that throws yourself into all areas of, of your club? <laughs> um, yeah, I am. I am coaching under 16, three girls, Lakeside girls. Yep. Uh, and so that's been really fun. Um, that was actually Candice. So she was our import. Yep. Oh, she was here for three weeks and then got <laughs> home. Yeah. But, um, yep. Yeah, I took over her team once Wobble started up again. So I wasn't initially planning to coach Wobble, but um, no, I yeah have a really great group of girls, and it's been lots of fun. And yeah, just most of the, most of the SBL players um, are involved in the junior team some way or another. So yeah, I'm not a, I'm not alone in that at all. No, but, no. Um, yeah, no, it's really fun to just sort of give back and input some knowledge that of things that I've learned over the years just on younger players um, mm. coming up through the ranks. So, yeah. What about Lakeside in general? How much does that feel like your second home in a lot of ways and how big of a part in, of your life is is just everything that Lakeside has, has, has done for you and everything you've been been part of? Yeah. You've been there for such a long time now. Yeah, well, I, I actually started playing at Lakeside when I was seven. So wow. I... Yep. <laughs> Yeah, grew up playing domestic there and had my dad coaching and, you know, mm. when things were a little less serious. Um, and, yeah, started playing Wobble and then into SPL. And, yeah, for Lake, Lakeside for me is um, more than just the basketball. I attend church there and I have lots of community um, around. And that's one thing I love is that all of those different aspects of life are intertwined, like the SBL and the junior clubs and then the church side. And yeah, everything is all one big community, which for me is priceless. I, I don't think anywhere else <laughs> is like mm. that. So. No, it's not. Yeah. It's a, it is a special place. You, you feel that when you when you walk in there. It just has a has a feeling like no other no other club. And it, 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 I think everyone there. That's why everyone at Lakeside is so proud of of what they they have there. Totally, yeah. You've had some amazing teammates you've played with as well. Obviously, there, there's Ellie who you know stands out. You know, you've now played quite a few years with Courtney. You know, Sam Roscoe was part of that championship yeah. te- team with you. Obviously, you know, you've had some some really good veterans along along the the way too. Jess Van Shee was someone that was a remarkably underrated. Player, I think for everything, everything, everything she did. Um, what teammates stand out to you when you do think back? Who are the ones that you enjoyed playing with the most, or maybe have had the biggest impact impact on you? Oh, um, I think every single one of those players that you just mentioned has had a huge impact for me. I think Jess stands out the most for me, though. Like you said, she she did so many things that um, most people coming to a game, you know, wouldn't even notice. But those things, if she didn't do them, we wouldn't have been the team that we were. Mm. And I think the biggest thing that she taught me, whether she was actively teaching me or not, just, but mainly through her example was just her leadership on and off the court. And just the fact that she had 
three kids and a husband and you know she still made it to all those trainings and still managed to lead us in a way that was just really experienced um as a player but then just as a person on and off the court I know that sounds really cliche but um, yeah he's just been yeah I don't think she's necessarily been trying to teach me that as such but um yeah I've I've really noticed a lot of those things and try to implement them myself um as i'm growing to be a leader so yeah and to me she looks like she's got a a really bright future in coaching if she wants to follow that path there's no reason she can't she can't be a really successful coach too yeah yeah definitely um one more thing one more thing randy wanted to know what do you get up to away from basketball Do, do you have a do you have a job right now are you studying and what sort of interest do you like to try to help you escape from from basketball from time to time well i do have a bit of a creative side as well as um, sport. So mm-hmm. I, a bit over a year ago, started my own photography business. Okay. So um, yeah, photographing weddings and families and just like engagements and couples. And so that has really been snowballing and growing recently. So that's been one thing that's partially <laughs> a job income as well. Yeah, but also for sure. I'm just, yeah, really passionate about and I just really love doing. So I'm hoping that when the time comes when I don't play basketball any further, that that's something I can jump fully two feet into. So Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Now, back to the WNBL because, like I said at the start, I'm amazed that you're still not signed for this upcoming season. Is that a, is that a choice? Have you put yourself out there to let people know that you want to, you still want to play WNBL or has it just been unlucky that no one's come and offered you a contract yet? What's well, How do you see, th- see things right now? <laughs> Honestly, I am not very, I'm not really sure. I think it's been kind of a combination where I wanted to really actively choose um, whether I did or didn't. And at the same time, I maybe didn't make it clear enough um, Mm. that that was something I wanted to do. But then at the same time, like I do have weddings booked for the end of the year and just Mm, what that all looks like um, working in with that, um, I'm not too sure. And yeah, so I mean, initially, at the start of or the end of last SBL season, we signed again with Lakeside and then Jack and I were hoping to play somewhere in Europe potentially. Yep. But I think by the time we it sort of sunk in that those plans were changing, it, I think I might have missed the boat on the WNBL. I'm hmm. not too sure. But yeah, it's kind of, I don't know. I It's something I would really love to do. Yeah, at the same time, I feel content with potentially not playing this season um who knows yeah. <laughs> there might there might still be an opportunity i'm i'm not too sure but um yeah yeah i mean clearly it's not a talent issue because anyone that's seen you play knows that you can play at that level and, you, and you're still young enough where if you don't play this season at all and let's be honest we don't know what this season might look like still we don't know when it's going to start we already know there's no imports we don't know if you're gonna to have to go into a hub to play or where you're going to be playing so if there was another season to miss, this might not be the worst one to miss and keep doing what you're doing and you're still young enough where this time next year you could be well and truly playing, playing still and, and be getting ready for another season. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess from my point of view, I just wasn't sure because I, I didn't understand why you hadn't been signed. So I didn't know if, you, if it was a choice you'd made or, 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 or what it was. But, you know, I mean, I guess all you can do now is if you play against Perry Lakes and, and Docky, who's on the coaching staff there, or Kega Crawford's on the coaching staff and Ryan Petrick's on the coaching staff there, if you can put up big performances against Perry Lakes or Rockingham, maybe they'll, they'll take some notice. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. I guess, yeah, we'll let the basketball do the talking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what about the experience in Melbourne? Obviously, playing for your home club, the time you spent with the Waves, uh, Waves or the Lynx, whatever they were called at that that time. What was the experience leaving home, 
and going to go and play in Melbourne for those those couple of years. How, how did you find that? Yeah, well, I, <laughs> that in itself is a pretty crazy story. Um, I played my first season with the Lynx as a development player, yep. and then the second yep. season I was in the 10, even though I didn't really get much court time <laughs> mm. or anything, but travelled around with the team, did all the trainings, all the promos, like fully involved. And then at the end of that season, um, they told me that I didn't have a spot on that team. And at that point, I knew for sure in my mind that WNBL was something I wanted to really pursue. And so um, it was actually through Craig Mansfield. He knew Guy Guy Malloy, who was the Melbourne Boomers coach. Um, So just had a few phone calls with him and they they couldn't pretty much sign their whole roster um, at that point. And so there was like little to no pay. Um, I would have to find my own housing, my own car. Obviously, no pay, so I'd have to find my own job. Um, I'd never lived out of home before. Um, I had no idea, like, what club was like. Like, obviously, we've gone there and played against them, but it's very different when you're, like, on the inside. And I'd never had Guy as a coach. Um, mm. So it was a it was a pretty big risk, and I look back at it now, and I'm like, whoa, that, that took a lot of courage. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what was I thinking? But then at the same time, um, yeah, I just went for it, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Booked a ticket over there um i was initially a development player for them so i was only guaranteed training um no games no travel no nothing wasn't even guaranteed suiting up and went over there and i had a pretty good pre-season i guess you could say and Mm. it kind of happened that i had a good pre-season and i was playing well and then on the other side unfortunately um courtney duva did her acl and she was a position i would never (laughs) never wish injuries on anybody Oh, so tough. But um, I guess that did create a bit of an opportunity for me. And so stepped in and played played my first season. And that was that was a really fun season. And there was some really experienced players on that team, like Liz Cambage and Jenna O'Hay and um, Maddie Garrick and yeah. Britt Smart and all sorts of different um, positions and people. And I really feel like that season, I grew a ton as a person, just having to be super independent away from all my family and friends and everything I've ever Mm. known. And then also just on the court, like training every day, again, people of that caliber was just something that I couldn't ever replace or replicate. Um, So then, yeah, I got signed um, the next season for the Boomers and went back and it was a very different season just in the way things turned out. So I didn't end up playing much at all. And then by the end of that season, didn't get kind of similar situation to the Lynx, actually. He didn't see, Guy didn't see a spot for me on the team. Um, And so it was a lot of sacrifice for me to be over there. And at that point, Jack and I were doing long distance. He's in the US rehabbing his ankle and I was in Melbourne and... Yeah, I I didn't see basically not guaranteed court time um, yeah. worth all the sacrifices. So I ended up just staying in Perth. So I was, it was pretty, that was a pretty tough ending to a tough season. But yeah, I, even though basketball wise, it maybe didn't turn out how I hoped. I, I developed some really great relationships and um, my host family that I stayed with over there, the Houghtons, um, they are amazing. And mm-hmm. oh, I love them so much. They're like my family away from my family. And <laughs> yeah. Came over to Perth for the wedding earlier oh, this good. year. Yeah. So, I mean, basketball wise didn't quite go how I expected or planned or hoped for, but off the court, the like relationships and the way I just grew as a person really made that worthwhile. And I think, yeah, they were my saving grace through, you know, when I'd come home from training and feel a bit deflated, like just having those people around um, and having great teammates through all that was, yeah, really awesome. So, yeah, but uh, <laughs> like you touched on before, the fact that you were you were brave enough to step out of your comfort zone to go and make that move and, and whether or not it worked out, 
or how you hoped or it didn't, the fact that you actually gave it a go and, you know, and pushed yourself to do that, it must be something when you look back on now you're incredibly proud of. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I remember a lot of nights leading up and conversations with my parents and my friends and oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> Should I do this? Is the right thing to do? But I think in the end, as cliche as that does sound as well, like everything happens for a reason and every choice leads you down the right path that you're meant to head down. So yeah, I guess that's the way it turned out. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now, just before I let you go, the West Coast Classic right now, I think it. I think a lot of clubs when it started, they were happy to be just going through the motions, using it as a development season just to, and just being happy to get back playing. But all of a sudden now, when we've got three weeks to go and, and a team like, like you at Lakeside are fighting for a final spot, does it start to get a lot more serious? If you have a look at these last three weeks, you've got five games to go in the last three weeks and you've got a, a really tough run home after, the, after this weekend's doubleheader. You then finish with the Wolves, the Senators and the Redbacks, which will potentially be all must-win games if you want to play finals. Now that we're at this point of the season, do you guys really want to throw everything at trying to win and, and play finals in this competition? Oh, definitely, definitely. It was a bit of a weird, well, in our, like the original SBL preseason, we, we sat down as a team and we figured out our values and our goals and what we want to get done this season and what we want to achieve. And then there was the big break, coronavirus and mm. all that. And then we sat down again pre-WCC and we reassessed and was like, okay, is this something we still want to do? Do we still agree with this for this season, even though it looks really different um, to what we originally planned? And basically the consensus was, yes, we do, we do want to be competitive and we do want to strive for a championship win yeah. um and then on the other side we yeah, also right. really really want to be um focused on growing as a team um and not being complacent in 10 and just making sure that like everything we do is for this season yet also for future seasons and sure. so i think it's a really cool balance that we've been doing pretty well actually with that just balancing like the competitiveness of we do want to win mm. <laughs> um, not just playing for the sake of it and then also like keeping in mind, okay, like younger girls coming up and playing and getting more court time, girls like Mia um, Jacobs and Kira yeah. Daniels, you know, haven't played minutes in SBL before are getting opportunities and mm -hmm. they're doing really well. And so it's helping us this season, yet also building them for next season and also building our team for next season, just helping us with our depth. So yeah, it's been really cool and we're definitely, yeah, we're definitely a competitive bunch. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So well, I'll, I'll be very generous with your time, and I'm really glad we got you on Got you on the show. I'm sorry that Randy couldn't join you, but he did pass on his messages, so just, just remember that he, he does think highly of you, and it wasn't anything personal that he, he didn't <laughs> join us. It wasn't a grudge because of the championship that you, you took off him. So, <laughs> so uh, but, but no, I mean, like like I said, I, I really hope we see you in the WNBL again, whether it's this season or next year. If not, playing professionally over in Europe might be something that's pretty exciting for you as well. But what we're seeing right now is you're clearly one of the best players in the state, if not the country right now. So keep up the good work and thanks very much for joining us. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. Welcome back now to SBR Shootaround as we wrap up the show for for this week. And a massive thank you to both of those those superstar superstar players, Jesse Edwards from the Eastern Suns, who, as we talked about, is really looking forward to her upcoming WNBL season as well with the Perth Lynx, and well done to her for earning that contract. And it's fantastic to see what she's doing at the Suns right now in the West Coast Classic, and also Ash Eisenbarger, championship winner at the Lakeside Lightning, obviously, somebody that has played WNBL before and, 
and we both feel like she should be playing WNBL again, Randy. Um, a big thank you to, to both of those ladies for joining us and hopefully everyone enjoyed listening to their to their insights and their basketball journey because we had a lot of fun talking to them. Yeah, appreciate having both of those girls on and um, yeah, they have an outstanding uh, West Coast Classics and uh, look forward to seeing what they can do in the future. Now, before we move on from it, we spoke to Jessie about how much she's looking forward to now making the most of being on a WNBL roster for the first time. We've spoken about Ash and, and her plans or hopes for the WNBL. Are you surprised that Ash is still not on a WNBL roster right now? Yeah, we have spoken about this a few mm. times, haven't yeah. we? Um, yeah, I am. Yep, I definitely am. Mm. Yeah, well, if, if, it's, if it's something she wants, let's hope it, it happens because she's definitely a good enough player to be playing at the next level. But right now we're enjoying watching her play in the West Coast Classic. And speaking of that, Randy, let's now have a look to round seven because suddenly all the games are taking on some extra importance. And let's start with Ash Eisenbarger and her Lakeside Lightning. They're on the road on Friday night to the East Perth Eagles. Um, yeah, I'll go for the Lightning here. Just just looking at the ladder, I don't think they can afford to drop another game. They can't. Uh, already, lost, so, already lost two, and they've got five games to go. Yeah, I think the importance of the game will... I think Coach Bazant will bring that across to the girls and they'll they'll get over East Perth, but it won't be easy no. up there. So, um, Lightning in a in a close game. Yeah, I think Lakeside too, but East Perth have been... They've only won one game, but they've been much more competitive than we've seen them in the last last few years, so it's been good to see what, what, what Blake Strider has been able to do with with that group to develop um, also Friday night Coburn Cougars at home to the Southwest Slammers yeah well, a couple of weeks ago we were down there commentating and mm. um, Coburn were great they were know, and, for, uh, for, for 30, 35 minutes anyway yeah so yeah. I think you know the Friday night games they like playing there and yep. it's at home so I think Coburn will do this uh, convincingly yeah, I think I think so as well now, last up, this one's a little bit tougher to tip. Willardton Basketball Stadium, the Willardton Tigers against the Warwick Senators. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. This I'm going to go for an upset. It just um, I think the Tigers uh, at home. Mm. Um, I just think that they want to claim a bigger scalp, yeah. and this is an opportunity for them. So Tigers in a close one and, and an upset. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with the Senators, but again, I wouldn't be surprised if, if you're right. I think it'll be a tight game. The Tigers are they're probably better than their three and five suggests, and at five and one, the Senators have still got a lot yet, yet to prove if they are going to be a finals team in this West Coast Classic. So yeah, I think it'll be tight as well. I'm, all, I'm also a, a few behind in the tipping. So we can't keep tipping the same if you want to catch up. We'll get to that once we finish this round, Randy. Um, Saturday, Saturday night, at home to the East Perth Eagles, coming off a loss now, so it'll be interesting how, how Nixie's, Nixie's team responds. Yeah, no, they'll bounce back and uh, they'll beat East Perth. And, uh, I think the importance of, of, of the standings are, are coming into play, so yeah, they'll, they'll win that. I think so too. Now, Lakeside Lightning, backing up, they're at home to the Mandurah Magic. Yeah, I think Lakeside, you know, I'm, I'm going to tip Lakeside, but, um, you know, coming off a, a double and Mandra will be fresh. So mm. um, they've always had traditionally close games Absolutely. over the years, so um, I expect it to be the same. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be a tight physical game, as, you, as you'd expect between these two two teams. Um, tough to go past Lakeside, though, given they just need to keep winning if they want to play finals. Yep. Next up. Warwick Senators, another team backing up from Friday night. They're at home to the Calamunda Eastern Suns. Yeah, this is a really tough one. I think I'm going to go for the Senators just because they're at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't, you know, deny what Calamunda have done over the mm. weekend. I think um, with those role players, with Knowles and Harris now getting some yep. confidence and some form makes Calamunda, you know, a really tough 
um, team to get over. I just going to go off what happened on the Friday night, guessing that the Senators will get beaten and they'll have their tail between mm. their legs and come back and win on the Saturday night. Yeah, that's a good point because it's hard to see them losing twice in the one weekend. But if I'm going the opposite way and think they'll win on Friday, I might say that they lose on the Saturday. Eastern, Eastern, <laughs> I just think the inside presence of Jesse Edwards might be the difference there. So yep. I'll, I'll tip the Suns. This one's another another great game. Rockingham Flames at home to a Perth Redbacks team that if they want to be any chance of playing finals, they have to win this game. Yeah, the matchup between uh, Chrissy Bogue and Jess Jenkins would be yeah. a, a beauty, unless Absolutely. Chris goes to Matty Allen, of course. But I'd like to see that matchup. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go the, with the Flames. Mm-hmm. I think they would have got a lot of confidence out of knocking off the Wolves there, and um, you know, in that new stadium, they might get a, mm. a lot of people there to support them. So, yep, the Flames over the Redbacks. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. I think just because they're at home and assuming Taylor Burrows is okay to play, then I'll stick with, with Rockingham as well. And backing up on Sunday, both of these teams would have played the night before. Both of them played tough games as well. Then they're back up to play at midday the next day. The Calum under and Suns against the Rockingham Flames. Yeah, I'm going to go for the Suns here at home. Mm. I think, um, you know, they both got tough games on Saturday night. Yep. But um, I'm just saying the presence of future years, which I should search. You know, we have a huge big I'm going to go the opposite. So just to keep things interesting, to give you a chance, Randy, I'll go for the Flames. Yeah, some hard games. Plenty of great so matchups. Like we've so talked hard. about, you know, we've got those teams that are fighting for the final spots and now we've got a lot of them playing each other this week, which is which, which is fantastic. I think by the end of the weekend, we'll be ruling a line through one, possibly two sides, which, yeah. you know, we're, we're saying seven teams at the moment. That could be down to five could be. By, by the end of this weekend. Absolutely. So that's what makes this a fascinating competition. So very exciting. That's the match matchups in round seven. Now, after six weeks in our tipping, Randy, I extended my lead narrowly. I'm up to 37. You're up to 31. With three rounds to go, have you got enough time to catch up? This weekend will will be the decider, I think, because mm-hmm. I reckon we've got four different there already. Three or four, yeah. Yep. yep. So I think I need to be within at least four by next week. Okay. I've got to give myself any All chance. Right. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, really enjoyed this show, Randy. I'm enjoying... I'm enjoying doing this show with you more and more every week, but the guests that we're able to bring you, um, we haven't been knocked back by a single person yet, and we're getting some some superstars of of Australian basketball, WA basketball, worldwide basketball every week, and you know Ash Eisenberger and Jesse Edwards are no exception. So thank you to both of them for joining us on this week's show, and thank you to the sponsors that we've got to make this show possible. We wouldn't be here without the support of Wandering Distillery, who are, who bring you our Play of the Week award each week, and and also Bassett Scarf Realty, our first ever supporters here of SBL Shootaround, and they are bringing you the Play of the Year award and. Our show here just wouldn't be possible without their support. So thank you very much for supporting us here on SBR Shooting Around. Thank you for everybody who continues to listen. I hope you're enjoying what you're hearing and what we're bringing you. We're trying to, to bring you bring you some entertainment, some information, and all of the big-name guests from the West Coast Classic and WA Basketball. So we're, we hope we're delivering on that. So for this week, I'll sign off on that note. I'm Chris Pike and Randy Meagle. Let's hope you've got some more gags stored up for us once again. 
you know, I haven't got any gags, just stories. Okay. You know, no, I'll, that'll do. Yeah, but um, first of all, it was great to have those two girls on. I, I really wanted to speak to some girls that are currently yep. playing, and they're exceptional talents, those two girls. And, yeah, we look forward to bringing on some bigger names. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about it, and uh, let's hope uh, we can land a couple of big fish that we're, we're after. So, yeah, so we, we're not very funny on this show, <laughs> um, apparently. So I've, I've dug a, another funny story from my um, basketball days up. And this was when I was playing for Kalgoorlie. Um, we'd ventured down to play the Swan City Mustangs in 1992, it was. It was a double header. We had uh, Swan City on the Saturday night and East Perth on uh, the Sunday. And the Swan City Mustangs back in those days were almost unbeatable. Yep. So we were really up against it. Anyway, I had a reasonable game, that game. And however, we lost. But uh, it was the next day that, oh, you know, we thought that we could get the win. Mm-hmm. But during the game, I get, kept getting this sharp pain in my heel and it was bothering me, you know, and I'd undone my laces and done everything whilst we were playing. And uh, I said to the coach, listen, I don't know how I'm going to come no, play tomorrow. You know, I'm really hurting. My heel's killing me. So the physio said, well, let's get your shoes off and see what's going on there. So when I took my shoes off, out popped 70 cents. <laughs> So I had a, had, a, had a 50 and a 20 in my shoes. So um, that was the reason for that for that pain in the in the heel. But um, I did end up playing the next day. And you felt instantly instantly better? <laughs> I felt instantly uh, richer. No. <laughs> I was able to go and get myself a, a, an icy pole or something at 70. <laughs> so, yeah, that's weird. I don't know how it got in there, but, you know, you just throw your... Throw your gear in your bag and away you go, you know. And obviously some coins had dropped into my shoe and I, I can't believe I didn't feel it earlier. But um, just focused on the game, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> there we go. That's Randy Meagle and this has been SBR Shoot Around for another week.